Welcome to episode three of the All Rose No Thorns podcast. I'm Bailey. And this is my husband, Fletcher. Hello. Well, this is episode three of the podcast. Uh, we took last week off, so we will be covering both episodes three and four of The Bachelorette. So just to jump right in there, um, when we picked up in episode three of The Bachelorette, we have the whole scene with Carl because Carl has, of course, pulled Katie to the side and been super cryptic about, you know, people not saying who, but people are not here for the right reasons. And so Katie's trying to navigate that. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Carl, Fletcher? Carl was absolutely, I think, the most insecure guy on that show. He came into that and just acted super weird. He acted super insecure after the talent show they did in that first episode that we saw, or second episode, whichever that was. And he proceeded to have, like, no basis for anything he said. And you could tell from the way the editing was that they, they, they really drew out the situation because it didn't seem like it actually had that much to it as we got to this episode, you know? But ultimately, I think that he really just made a fool of himself and and was, in my opinion, as we get into these next couple episodes, the one true villain so far. Everybody else, uh, we'll get into this, but I, th I think all the men have begun to act really childish and pathetic, except for a couple of, of two. But this, uh, this situation with Carl, Carl needed to go. Carl was not really thinking. He definitely needed to go, and he was so annoying. You know, he comes back to all the men, and he keeps saying the phrase, I'm not putting anyone on blast which was ridiculous because, yes, you absolutely are. Like, you may not be naming names, but you're putting seeds of doubt in her mind about everyone, so you're absolutely putting people on blast. And then, you know, he goes he goes into that room by himself to kind of cool down, and he takes off his suit jacket, and he's, like, he's boxing. He's, like, boxing the air, which just annoyed me even more. So that, I, I, was, I was fed up with Carl at that point. We move into the rose ceremony. When it comes to Katie's time to, to give Mike P her rose. Um, and I, I really like Mike P. Are you enjoying Mike P so far? I think he's one of the few that you are not annoyed by. I think it's funny how you keep saying Mike P. Sounds like my P. But yes, <laughs> I think that he's, um, I think he's funny. But yeah, so Mike Mike walks up to Katie and, you know, he, he just stops right there and he says, hey, you know, I feel like I need to say this. All of us collectively agree that Carl is lying. Um, and that, from the seasons that I have watched of The Bachelorette, that is the first time that something like that has happened where... There's a lot of grandstanding as we go forward. There's a lot of grandstanding. There is, and, you know, quite honestly, I've, I've seen, again, you know, as far as I've seen, I've watched as far back as um, JoJo, JoJo season, or, yeah, I think that's as far back as I've gone. Anyway... Um, I have not seen the kind of grandstanding that we're seeing on Katie's season. But, yeah, Mike um, stands up to Carl in front of everyone. All of the men are nodding, um, clearly giving their support for what he said. And, you know, Katie, in the end, ends up sending Carl home, which up, I applaud I like, her. I, I applaud her, too. I feel like this ends up being a negative thing, though. And I don't say that because, like, oh, you shouldn't out the people that are there for the wrong reasons. I'm saying it because this starts this trend. You see it from the first grandstand. For the next, for the next, for the rest of this episode and the next episode, it just starts this dumb trend of the guys trying to out white knight each other and be like, you're here for the wrong reasons, but yet alone I stand as the righteous man, ready to be there for my woman. Like, it just starts this awful trend of, 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 
I don't know, them trying to one up each other constantly. Do you do you feel like I'm off base there? No, that's that's true. I I agree with you there and I you know, I have some thoughts on that that I'll get into when we when we get into the next episode, but um yes, you're you're correct. I do feel like with Carl it was okay for that to happen just because Carl had called out all of the men basically and was was putting yeah, all of them at risk. Yes. So I I feel like in this situation it was a good thing that they did that, but it did definitely start a trend that we see in episode four. Um, but yeah, so that happens. And then we move into the next week. Um, the first group date is that uh, kind of therapy type date where they're set up, you know, all of the men in a circle with Katie and Katie's like, hey, you know, tell me, tell, tell me your dirty underwear. Like, tell me about the things that you've done that, um, you know, I might find out about later. And we had some, some pretty good vulnerability. We had Hunter, um, Hunter said that he, you know, he got married and he had two kids and he, uh, basically became a workaholic. He, you know, focused on his work and he neglected his family. Um, and it resulted in him getting a divorce and he learned from it. He doesn't want to make that mistake again. Um, we had Connor B who came forward and said that he had a past with alcohol where he would, you know, drink to the point of, you know, becoming a different person. He ended up cheating on his girlfriend. So th there were some pretty significant things that were shared in this roundtable discussion. Fletcher, what did you think about that date? I think the, the funniest thing about this for me was I started to get involved in the Bachelorette subreddit. Uh, if you've never used Reddit before, it's it's a fairly interesting uh, social media platform. Oftentimes, oftentimes you can find a lot of gatekeeping on Reddit, a lot of uh, interesting things, a lot of bad things. But for the Bachelorette subreddit, I found it to be really welcoming. And I've gotten some good interactions with people, too. And, and this was something that uh, I think we should start doing on the podcast where we kind of like involve stuff we've seen on social media it, during our discussions because I think that'd be fun. But a lot of people talked about how this was like a really weird group date, even though, you know, it felt like it was important. It, it felt like the consensus from the comments I saw that I kind of agree with. This is something you normally kind of see later. But I guess with the situation with Carl, Katie is just like, let's just go ahead and get this done now so I can have an easier time with it, maybe. I under I understand that rationale. Like, yeah, you know, Carl Carl ended up being um so horrible that I feel like I need to weed out any others like him. I mean, I, I definitely I know, you know, if you'd if you'd sat me down in in a situation like that and said, Hey, in front of all of these people including the girl that you're you're trying to get to know tell your deepest darkest secrets I would have been like can can this not be a one-on-one -on -one kind of thing can I can we not talk about this later like I wouldn't have felt comfortable with that but these men definitely went all in that's something I again I feel like is that's happening on this season that's going to end up being detrimental and I don't know if this is a, as part of the broader discussion happening because there's you know we're not we're clearly not the only bachelorette bachelor podcast but this 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 in particular note, yes, they did this for Katie, but also those men got to know each other really well there. And you have this weird bond going on, and it very much reminds me of you, the bond you see between like camp counselors or people that serve together in different jobs um, that are that are really intense and really high emotions, really high stakes. And, and it's kind of it's kind of breeding that. But at the same time, it, it's it's in a realm of competition, so it can't breed a true brotherhood it's 
it's this awkward, I have to be better than you, but God dang it, I love you. You're my brother kind of mentality that I'm starting to see in these episodes where there's loyalties and and almost kind of alliances as we go in later with uh, Thomas. Is that the guy? Yes, the, Thomas Mr. is the guy. Mr. Politician. Yeah, and that's that that happens in every season. Um, maybe more so with the the girls, or at least I, I see more of the girls after the fact because I follow a lot of them on Instagram. But I mean, you come out of this with some really close friendships, it seems. There I mean Yeah, and there are there are girls from, you know, past seasons that I follow who they all the time are hanging out with, with the other girls that they met on the season. And they just have these really great friendships. So it, you know, it seems like obviously you go on The Bachelor, The Bachelorette with with the hope of finding love, but you you come out of it with so much more than just that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's still weird though for me for me watching this because I'm I'm thinking like, um, I would I don't know if I would like if I was in this situation I would even really get to know any of these guys. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and there's definitely a shift. I'll be interested to see it in this season, but there's definitely a shift after the Fantasy Suites episode because before then, you have this knowledge of, of course, everyone around you is trying to date the same person, but it doesn't seem to get really real in their minds until you're down to those final three and Fantasy Suites is happening. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, crap, like, Yep, you you are with the person that I want to marry. Like, yeah. So I'm interested to see that shift happen on this season. We also, um, you mentioned Thomas. This is also the date where some red flags start to appear. Uh, Thomas mentions that he, in fact, uses the phrasing that he has a ton of red flags that he would ha- be happy to share with her about. He mentions that he, you know, came for the platform. He went on a date the week before he left. So he's just you know, bringing all of this stuff to the table that is making all of the guys in the circle be like, I'm sorry, what? And what, Katie what continually, saying? Katie continually says he checks all the boxes for me. He keeps saying everything I want to hear. But yet the only thing that I see in the show is him saying like, I'm here for a platform. I fell in love with you after I came here to be the next Bachelor. It's real. But I was here for a platform. And I'm thinking like, what is he saying to Katie? Like I'm watching this show with you. I honestly feel like there's there's got to be something he's saying that we're not seeing on camera. I would I would hope so based on, you know, Katie saying things like that. I would hope that there's a lot happening off camera that we're not seeing um of what he's time, saying to her. Every time he talks to her, it is like just clearly saying that he's there for the wrong reasons and not someone she should trust. And then she continued through that episode and the other episode that we're about to talk about. I just, he just says all the things I want to hear. He just, he's just so good at talking to me. And I'm just confused. Like, woman, what, what are you talking about? So I, this, this was the most confusing thing. And also where I really just got to where I think every guy in there, except for literally two are just stupid. Um, The most memorable thing about that date for me was when Katie opens up and, you know, she, she shares about her past, her, her past trauma. And it was really impactful just just to see her be open about that um and to see the guys respond to her and the thing that I really found interesting is after having seen that the the producers could have absolutely used that conversation as clickbait for the episode that's very true 
and yet yet they didn't so I I thought you know there are very few times in this show where I will pat ABC on the back pat producers on the back and say hey good job with that but in this case the fact that they seem to be so respectful about that conversation and didn't use it for clickbait I, I applaud that so then the next date is the one-on-one -on -one date with Michael A who is the father Fletcher what do you think about Michael A the guy whose wife passed away and like the really sad story um honestly the he's the only dude that I can tolerate at this point on the screen because when the chips are down and all the guys are doing their big manly show of I'm better than you I'm the more dominant one to the other dudes he's the one that doesn't care and puts her first puts Katie first so he's the only one I can honestly stomach at this point I'm not quite at the point where you are. There are a few others that I like still, but I, I love Michael. I really do. He seems so sweet. Um, he does share his story with Katie about how, you know, his wife, they met in college. Um, he saw her, knew that she was the one. It was like a love at first sight kind of situation. They got married. Uh, they were together for 16 years. They had a kid together, James, and then she ends up, passing away and Katie handled that conversation so well I thought what did you think about that no yeah she's she's really good at understanding what the others have gone through and I think that's you know part of because she's gone through pain herself so she's able to introspectively look at herself and be like how would I want to be heard how would I want to be listened to which is really really good to see really really great to see but no I thought it was awesome She's, she is incredibly empathetic. And, and the things about that conversation, you know, she responded and said, you know, I, a lot of people would be threatened by the love that you had and that you still have for your wife. But I, you know, that doesn't scare me. Like, I, I know that this would be a separate relationship. And, you know, he says to her then, you know, but it's my job to make sure that you know that our relationship is unique and special. And then she gives him the rose and the thing that really just kind of you know, tore my heart out, made me want to cry, was she said, um, I know the weight of every rose I offer you because I'm also offering it to James, who's his son. And that just... Yeah, and it was really, it was a really heartfelt moment. And the cool thing was, well, not the cool thing, I don't know, there was some other dating show that you and I watched. And one of the, the girl on there had like lost her, her fiance had like died or something. And I remember the guy was constantly like, why won't you just get over him? Why won't you just get over him? And I kept thinking, like, because he he freaking died? Like, he died. Oh, I remember that. That was from Married at First Sight, I think. Yeah, and I remember that guy that was with that young lady just being like, she's got to get over it at this point. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, no, she will probably carry that for the rest of her life. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because she cared about him and his life was taken from her. And for her to respond like that, I thought was very good because it really showed that she was, like you said, she was going to take it seriously that she, that that woman from before was important to him and mattered to him and not something to be forgotten, but something to be celebrated and now a part of him and his son. Just a really beautiful conversation. And I, you know, Michael A, he is now one of my favorites I don't know if he ends up with Katie, but I I hope the best for him, um, and I hope that he finds someone, if not Katie, because he, he just deserves it. He deserves the world. We come back to the house after that date, and 
the guys are talking to Thomas. They're asking him questions about things that he revealed sitting in that circle. And this is the moment when he says just straight up that, yes, when I came here, I had in mind that I would be the next bachelor. What, what were your thoughts on that admission? Thomas, from this point on, just tries too hard. And you can tell that he is a, he's, the guys keep saying he's manipulative. He's manipulative. Obviously, we're not there. We don't know exactly. Clearly, several of them felt manipulated. They felt controlled. That might be how they felt. That might be how it was. But from what I see, it looks like someone who's very used to having control. And for one of the first times in his life, or at least in a position where he thought he was going to have more, he has zero control and starts doing everything he can to try and keep it. You know, I don't want to attack his character, but it just, again, just kind of like with Carl, like, man, there was really no forethought there, was there? You decided in your head what this was going to be, and the minute it wasn't that, you crashed. You were not ready to adapt, man. I think that Courtney summed him up perfectly when he said, I thought he was a good dude, but really he's just a good talker. And the further we get into this episode, we see that, yes, he is great at manipulating the conversations, at least, to be what he wants them to be. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's and that's the thing that was driving me nuts whenever Katie was talking about how much she trusted him, because I keep thinking like these are these are politician statements. These are blanket statements. He doesn't answer questions half the time. He just says, he just says like blanket positivity statements to get you to pay attention to him. So everyone is on edge about Thomas at this point, but we do move into the next group date. And I really thought this was a fun group of guys. I, they, they seemed to handle the date really well. You know, they um, they had to run around and do these different dare challenges. Um, so, for instance, one of them, they had to select a uh, plate that was covered by a, a metal tin, and then they had to eat all of whatever was on that plate. Um, and it was nothing gross, but it was things like pasta or cake. Or Mike uh, P. was the first one. He opened it up, and it was a giant plate of Twinkies. And he went for it, but it, it was the funniest thing to me because I heard him say, I haven't had a carb in seven years, dude. So, I mean, he's, dedicated. he's dedicated. He's abstaining from all kinds of things, let me tell you. Just all, you know, but he eats the he eats these uh, Twinkies. Um, very good, very good spirit about it. We come to this giant ear. The men are supposed to whisper sweet nothings in Katie's ear. They have they have no idea at first that she and Caitlin and Tasha are listening in. Um, from where they're sitting, but, you know, Andrew S. comes, and he's being super funny, uh, saying these things in his uh, British accent, and then Greg, Greg absolutely killed me, he was so awkward, because he just basically is listing states, do you remember this, when he's just, like, listing states, he's like, we could go to Florida, we could go to, (laughs) bless his heart, I just, and that's one reason why I like him so much, is because he just, he just really, He's, he's just himself, you know, and he's down for anything, when, even when he's clearly not comfortable with it. Um, Trey and Christian had to wax themselves. That was very funny to watch. Um, and then they come to the final part where they had to eat two, each of them had to eat two habanero peppers. And then while their mouths are on fire, had to get down on one knee and uh, propose to Katie. I really enjoyed watching that. Andrew S. was super funny because, you know, he... 
he starts to wipe his eye and Caitlin and Taysha are like, no, don't touch your eye after touching the pepper. And he's like, couldn't you have told me that first? That should have been the first thing y'all said. And it, I mean, they were just taking it in such stride. What did you think of that group date? That was really good. That was, they, you know, everybody was a good sport. Everybody participated. Nobody pitched a fit. These group date events are pretty are pretty solid, except for you know that one fight between Aaron and what's his face that was a oh, yeah. bit of a bit of an issue, but was easily quelled. No, it, it's it's good to see them interact like this. I feel like that's the problem. Isn't this right now? I feel like that's that comes in the next in the future episodes as we kind of saw in the preview again. You know, it's all editing. Who knows if it was as intense as the preview say or as intense as the show will show us. But this is this is again like the kind of maybe this is again me not watching The Bachelorette, seeing this for the first time, and you know I say this, people are like, oh no, this is obvious that th- this happens, Fletcher. Like this is a thing that goes on. Um, I see this, and I'm thinking like, man, this is just gonna escalate more the more that there's drama between these men in the house, and as we go through this episode, there is quite a bit more drama, and so then I start thinking, well, the next group date is just gonna be insanely ridiculous then and then the preview shows that and I thought oh um yeah that's normally what happens that's normally what happens so with you know when you get a bunch of guys together to try and compete for something and all of them act mostly childish because again we this is this is like the calm before the storm these guys throughout the rest of this episode throughout the rest of this episode I completely just started thinking that these were just children in grown men's bodies because they just start acting so silly and throwing accusations and getting mad at each other and well I think this is the right way well I think this is the right way like dude shut up like express what you feel you need to with Katie you have a connection with her express what you feel you need to with the person as a problem shut up you know at one point we'll get to it later but Aaron's like don't yell at me don't yell at me be respectful and I just yeah I just want to be like shut up shut also how are you you're you get darker each episode. Are you just do you not stay inside the house? Yeah, does you do you sleep and I I wish I could tan that well, but what are you doing, bro? But I to 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 sum it all up, it, it this was good. It's just this is this is the calm before the storm. I agree with you. Um it definitely blows up at the group at the the cocktail party portion of the group date that evening. A couple of things I want to point out before we get into the drama. First of all, Katie's coat was blindingly sparkly. It looked like she was wearing a disco ball. She's done this before. She really likes sparkly stuff, it seems. Well, and here's the thing. I know from just, you know, different people who've been on the show that I follow, um, you know, the, the she's not the one dressing herself. They're, they're dressing her, right? She might get some say, but they're choosing outfits for her. But man... They, they keep just putting like a lot of her dresses have been very sparkly too. Like I expect that from the dresses, but like the coat. Yeah, it was a little odd. It was. Um, some something else. Two more things before the drama. Andrew S leads her into a room. He has um Taco Bell tacos on a platter, or what look like Taco Bell tacos anyway. They eat the tacos together. But also, I don't know if you noticed what was around the tacos. It literally looked like they opened three Lunchables and dumped it on that platter. It was... I I thought it was like a bit, is what I thought it was. I thought it was like a joke. But then it was real, and I was like, oh, okay. And she seemed to like it, and I'm like, okay, cool. Low maintenance in this kind of situation. But it was... 
interesting, and I'm guessing there must have been more of an inside joke that we just missed out on because I, I thought it was kind of sad to see. I mean, maybe, but also, you know, it could have been like they spent all of their budget on Chris Harrison's settlement, and they're just like, sorry, we can't afford a real charcuterie board. You just got to stick with the Lunchables tonight. Like, but yeah, that happens. It was cute, though. And then the other thing is when she, when she has her little one-on-one -on -one time with Greg, they're really – I love Greg, by the way. I'm still – super into Greg for her. I think they're a great match. Um, she seems to feel the same way. And, you know, they're having a conversation, sharing their feelings. And she makes a comment about, you know, obviously I have to seek this out to the very end. And the way that she made that sound, it was almost, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it was almost like she was kind of thinking about Claire's season thinking about like Claire finding the person that she wanted to be with and just like running away. And it was almost like she was saying like, hey, I really like you. If I had to stop this right now, I would choose you. But obviously I have to go through the rest of the season and we'll see what happens. Am I, do you think I'm reading too much into that? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about the show to say if you are or aren't, but I don't think you would be off base. I'm sure that one, the, what do you call it, the marketing or the analysts or whatever, the people in charge are probably saying to any contestant that'll be on the show from here on out, hey, you can't just disappear if you like somebody at the beginning of the show. You just can't. I can't believe that didn't break a contract when she did that. It might have. It might have, you know, it might have been a breach of contract and they might have just been like, you know what, we don't care about the repercussions. So maybe they're enforcing that more than ever, but maybe she's also, you know, like, kind of, we kind of saw this from Hannah. I remember from some of the episodes I saw with Hannah, you know, Hannah was very much your typical, I don't want any drama kind of <laughs> person, but continually would start the drama herself. But she regularly was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. And maybe Katie is kind of similar in the fact that she's like, you know what, I'd rather just not deal with this. I would rather just remove myself from the situation. So she's trying to hold herself to her commitments, perhaps. Then we get into the drama of the date. Um, Trey wants to be the white knight, to use that, that term that you used earlier. He wants to tell her about Thomas. And he and Andrew S. kind of get into a little, a little kerfluffle about it. They both, get, they both get way too worked up about it because they both bring up valid points. They do, and I understand, you know, Trey wants to be open and honest, let her know what the danger is, which I get. Andrew S. says that's just going to cause more problems for everybody. She can figure it out. She's smart, which I also agree with. So, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the correct answer was. I think Michael A. was so wise Later on in the episode when he said to them, hey, we might disagree about the method, but the point is to protect Katie. We can all agree on that. That that was so great, you know, trying to be a peacemaker. Yeah, and again, that's why, that's the guy with the kid, right? Yes, it is. That's again why he's my top pick. Like, if I'm setting up a fantasy team, like, that's the dude. Not fantasy sweet fantasy team, but, like, if that's my team of, like, top people I see on this, he's my one, he's my number one draft pick. That's my guy. So Trey ends up deciding to tell her. Um, she clearly appreciates it. She gives him the group date rose. I, I want to, like, I understand why he wanted to. And I think it was good that he told her, but how he acted after. Yes, he definitely seemed 
uppity about it. Like, oh, I made the right decision. Look at me. Group date Rose. I'm Trey. Again, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, I think Trey, if, if from the minute I saw Trey, I thought, man, that would be a really fun person be for The Bachelor. It, just in my opinion, in my novice Bachelorette, Bachelor Watcher, viewer opinion, I thought he's got a great, you know, he's got a great personality. He's really outgoing. He seems really genuine. He seems really kind. And here, you know, he weaponizes that. He weaponizes his gifts, in my opinion, to be right. And just for who I am as a person, I don't care how right I am. You can't lord it over somebody. And he doesn't really like go like, ha ha, I was right, you're wrong. But he does go like, man, it just feels so good that I did the right thing, that I made her so happy. Like, dude, shut up. Like, is it, I thought you cared about her. So that, shut up and sit down. You got your rose. Be happy, man. That's a very fair observation. It's really he he bothers me throughout the rest of the episode because he he goes he goes like he goes Batman mode. He goes Dark Knight mode and decides that he just wants to be the big protector 24/7 and and goes overboard with it and just starts being argumentative. And Andrew is no better. Yeah, they really get into it with one another. Andrew, again, just needed to... I think he was right. I think, yes, it will eventually cause more problems. But did Katie have a right to know? Absolutely. 100% she had a right to know. But it's just it's just going to keep being this. And it's clear that that happens as we see Blake coming in. Oh, boy. I... Okay. I am so pumped for Blake's arrival. First of all, this this is so beautiful to me because two, two of the... um influencers that I follow they have a podcast about the bachelorette ever since we saw Katie leave Matt's season they have been shipping Blake and Katie they have said that they were they would be a great match they wanted them to be together and the fact I so I I have like you know had this idea this little seedling in my head for a while now and now to see it coming to fruition I am so excited about this yeah I'm excited to see how he interacts with the guys but ultimately he doesn't need to he and I'm so glad that someone from the outside is coming in because they these guys are just feeding into each other constantly and becoming more and more childish. The only two people in the house that, at least on camera, I don't see feeding into it and bringing it up constantly with Katie are Greg and Michael A. Um, and those are those are my two that I enjoy seeing on the show. But Blake coming in, I'm thinking, man, I really hope he just is like, I don't care. I'm not getting involved. I'm here for Katie. And I don't think, you know, he he wasn't largely dramatic on Claritatia's season, so I think he'll be good. Um, but I, I could just tell right off the bat, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I, you know, I saw the chemistry bete- between them when they were sitting together on that bench. They were talking. It was great. Um, and at first I'm thinking, like, man, that's not really fair that he gets to come in and be on the show when all these guys have been vying for her attention. But at this point in the show, at this point in the episode, I'm already fed up with the guys. I'm like, they, get them all out of here. Let's start over. Let's just let's just start over. Keep Michael. Keep Greg. Let's just start over. Bring the cat suit guy back in. Make him put the cat suit back on. He can only be in the cat suit for the remainder of the show. That is it. Because I only like him when he's in the cat suit. Does that make me a furry? I don't know. It does, however, make... Heck no, but that's the only way I'm going to tolerate this guy because any other time he talks, I'm like, shut up and put in Blake and make it those four. I think that's going to be a fun time. And I was really glad to see him. And then like she Katie reveals that they've talked through DMs 
and he had like DM'd her and like commended her for her bravery and stuff like that on the show and being willing to not take any crap. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, this isn't just a rando coming in, like, this is my third chance to be on television. This is a dude coming in and being like, I've connected with her a little bit, and I have a connection. I want to go for it. And I'm like... I do, too, and I def- there's, there is a marked difference, because on Matt's season, you know, we had Heather, a similar situation. Heather had been on a previous season. She wanted to meet Matt, and she came on the show. The difference is that Hannah Brown had all of the opportunity in the world to introduce Heather to Matt and waited to do that until Matt was on television. Well, maybe it was a producer-stopping thing, too. We don't know, you know? Very possibly. But, you know, in this case scenario, we went from almost immediately from filming rapping for Matt season to Katie starting her own filming. So Blake really didn't have that opportunity um, so this this really was, if he wanted a chance to get to know her, this really was necessary in order for him to do that. So that happens. Um, then we, one thing that I want to point out too before getting more into the Thomas debacle is, you know, Katie and um, Taysha and, and Caitlin get together to talk. And I just, I have said it again, or I've said it before, I'll say it again before the season's over. I love the dynamic of having a female who's been through it with the female bachelorette so much more than Chris Harrison because the you can just tell the comfortability of the conversation was so it it was it was present Katie was able to be much more like open about her feelings able to feel like she's having you know girl talk that wouldn't have happened with Chris Harrison no Chris always kind of the clips that I saw he kind of seemed like a a very like a like an overlord, like you're kind of trying to pitch it, like, oh please, my lord, my family needs uh, just a couple more months upon the tax that we owe, and you'll have the best of my cows come next crop, like that kind of like vying for his like approval is kind of how it came across, and he would kind of he'd ask questions like, how are you feeling, and what did what do you think that means, like just just like just moving it forward and keeping a blank face for the camera. And you're right. I, 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 it makes more sense to have a former com, uh, contestant. I, I don't. I guess is that the correct word, contestant. Yes, or a former. They were former leads at that point. But yes. So that happens. That's great. Um, then Thomas. Thomas decides before the cocktail party to come and talk to Katie. So now this he's, is this is after all of them have already been extremely petty and childish about him and Thomas Petty in return. Yes. So Thomas comes and it is very clear that he is manipulating this conversation. He paints himself to be a victim. Um, and he, he definitely says the things that Katie wants to hear. He uses, he says that he's being demonstrized, which isn't a word, by the way. Um, so of course, you know, I'm more annoyed with him at that point. We're using made up words in the, in the, in the, in the heart of pulling up receipts, you know, in heart of pulling up the receipts of, of things people said that, which are stupid. He said not, this is not a quote for quote, but something to the effect of when I do this, I know the other guys are going to be happy with me. They're not going to like me anymore. And you know what? I'm okay with that. And then he gets his feelings hurt when they get mad at him. He has no right to be upset or saying, uh, as you said, it's not even a word, but saying I'm uh, being demonstratized. 
or whatever the heck he said. De demonsterized. Demonstiated. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> like, sh again, like how I feel with most of, most of these men. Shut up, dude. Just shut up. Quit talking, man. And I felt that even more because, you know, Katie is saying like, you know, I don't know. It's just a lot right now. And he just keeps talking. He just keeps saying things that and finally she's like, I need to walk you out for now. I'll see you later. And she does that. Um, Thomas walks in and Aaron, love this. Aaron's like late to the party, eh? And they start talking. You know, things are still heated, obviously. We do hear, interestingly enough, Connor B, I think, made the, made the comment, it's midnight at this point. So the cocktail party's been delayed to midnight. So they're, I mean, not only are they annoyed, but they're tired at this point, too. So, you know, Katie comes in, and she's having her one-on-one -on -one time with all these guys. From what we saw, all of them are bringing up Thomas, being like, yeah, I agree with Trey. Thomas is, uh, you know, a, a manipulator, doesn't need to be here. Except for our, our pride and joy, Michael A. I'm telling you, he is that dude. I even if he doesn't get picked, I hope that this man is respected and finds the love that he deserves because he... And it's probably part of, like, where he's at in life. It's part of what he's been through. But I think at the end of the day, like, this shows his 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 character. I agree. But he comes in and he says, you know, how are you doing? And they, they don't bring up Thomas. They just talk about their date. They talk about their feelings for one another. It's a really beautiful conversation once again. Um, and Michael, you know, he's the only one that we saw. There might have been others. He's the only one that we saw that did not make the conversation about Thomas. So I appreciated that. And then we get to the to the rose ceremony and Thomas grandstanding. Yeah, grandstanding makes a last ditch effort. He stands up and he's like, "Wait a minute. You know, before you give out the rose, I just want to say." And he acknowledges and apologizes. Those are the words he uses, acknowledge and apologize for what's happened. And you know, of course, men rolling their eyes it's it's it is grandstanding like you said and katie starts giving out her roses um were there well i'll well i'll ask that question after we get down to the very last rose and katie calls thomas's name and thomas you can see this look of relief like i did it all of the other men have these looks of disbelief on their faces and he gets up to katie and she does something that I have not seen before, but that I loved so much. She takes a step back from him and basically says, I have found out that you are selfish, you are a liar, you are manipulative, and that is not what I need. Now get out. That was, I, I, was, I was cheering inwardly. I could have jumped. If I, if I had two working feet right now, I could have jumped up on the both of them and just applauded her. It, and... You know, the looks on everyone's faces, it was truly a moment. It was great. Yeah, it was It was a good moment. I, again, I, I'm glad that he is gone, but I wish that it would have been organic. I really do. I wish that it would have been organic. I I kind of echo the teachings of Andrew where I'm like, you know, this is this is going to hurt us more than it will help, ultimately. And I think that he's right because it's what it, this is what it becomes of making each other look bad in order to get ahead. It becomes a political game. And this is probably something that happens every season. I just hate to see it. I really do. 
Yeah, it's definitely uh, turned into a thing, and it's divided people in the house further than needed to be if it had just happened organically. Uh, were you were you surprised by any of the men she sent home? Aside from well, you weren't surprised about Thomas, but no, I you know I agree. The ones that she sent home, they seemed. I mean, we didn't see a lot from them. Um, aside from Christian, Christian seemed really funny. He seemed good. We didn't see much of a connection with Katie though. No, you saw some of them kind of like over complaining towards the end of the cocktail party. Like, oh man, I didn't get any time with yeah. her again, dude. I don't know how these are, but go, bro. Like, go talk to her. Go do that thing. Grandstand. Everybody else is doing it. Just get up there and be like, I didn't get any time with you. I don't think I deserve to go home. You don't even know me. Like, if everybody else is doing it, use it to your advantage, man. Use that meta to your advantage. Maybe someone will. We'll see later on. And then the episode ends, something which, you know, I loved because, again, I'm a huge Blake and Katie stan right now. Um, she goes to Blake's room to let him know that he can stay. And I, man, this, Fletcher can attest to this. I was, I was laughing out loud. I truly was. She knocks on that door, and it is clear. Blake has been asleep. Blake was not expecting a visitor at this hour, which, I mean, this has to be 2 or 3 a.m., maybe later, because, remember, it didn't start until midnight. Um, but, yeah, Blake doesn't have clothes on, and so he has to go and put clothes on, and he comes out. So funny. Katie's tickled by it. And she's like, hey, you know, you can stay. And he's like, yes, 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 yes. And they hug. It is beautiful. And I just, I have this excitement in me because I really believe that this could be something. I really like Blake for her. Um, and then she leaves, and in, you know, another funny moment he he has locked himself out of his room that was really funny but yeah the episode ends and looks like we're gonna have a lot of drama next week which i i anticipate since blake is joining i'm sure several of the guys will be really upset um but at this point where we stand my my top three picks are michael a greg and blake are just uh, a bunch of children in in large bodies, and Aaron is kind of like their de facto leader for some reason, and Connor just needs to put the cat suit back on. Uh, just bring the cat suit back, bro. Please, I'm begging you. I, sp I will do anything to see that again. You're not interesting without it. I'm sorry. Um, then... You know, I'm glad Blake is there, honestly, because it shakes things up and makes them, you know, they don't get to be comfortable. And I think that's good for them because, one, it'll show bad sides of some of the guys. It'll show the good sides of some of the other guys that need to be there. And I feel like he's going to be a good thing for the balance. You know, competition can be a good thing just as much as it can harm things sometimes. It's not always a bad thing. And I hope, honestly, that Michael A. ends up winning it all, honestly. If, if they're not a good match, they're not a good match. But I hope that he at least is, is seen as, a, as a, a real individual at the end of this because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would love somebody like him. As a matter of fact, if he doesn't end up winning this, I'm, you know, I'm going to petition for him to be the next Bachelor. Yeah, no, that would be actually be cool as heck to see, honestly. I think he'd be a really level-headed one, too. I agree. I think that would be great. More, more level-headed bachelors bachelorettes in my opinion maybe they all have been i just i as an outsider looking in on no they haven't been <laughs> the ultimately i think what we're gonna see is we're gonna see blake really shake things up this next episode and i hope he just like just hunk hunkers down for pure chat energy and 
just is like, I don't care. I'm Blake. Get out of my way. <laughs> well, we shall see. So until next week, I am Bailey, uh, also known as Better Books, nope, Books and Better Health on Instagram. And I'm Fletcher, otherwise known as Panhammer64. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at AllRoseNoThornsPod. And this has been episode three. Talk to you later. <laughs>